These tools are for you to use. Hey, I'm Dave Marr. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My guests this week are air credits. I say because there's two guests. It is Steve Rydell, a.k.a. The Hood Internet, and Clinton Sandifer, a.k.a. Show You Suck, who together have the band Air Credits. They have a new album coming out called Believe That You're Here. And it's coming out soon. They don't have a date exactly yet, I don't think. But I had them on the show thanks to my friend Katie Llewellyn. And right now, I'll just give a shout out to all the Pigeon Level patrons, including Katie, Kurt Chang, last week's guest, Susie Carroll, and Fred Fidewa. Those are the people who support me on Patreon at the level where I shout them out on the podcast every week. But Katie knew... Air credits, new Steve and new Clinton, and thought they'd be great guests, thought they'd get along with me and I'd get along with them really well, and surprise, surprise, she was right. So, if you like the show and you have suggestions of who I should have on, I'm open to it. Let me know. Go to that Patreon that I mentioned earlier, patreon.com slash Dave Marr, to support the show. At the lowest level, you can get the extended episode that I release every week. That's $3 a month. Just that little really actually makes a big difference to me, make sure I can keep doing the show. So please consider doing that. Also, sign up for my newsletter, Hella Immaculate, where I continue these conversations. A lot of times I'll be writing in that newsletter stuff that kind of going deeper on the stuff we talk about in these episodes. So if you go to thisisdavemar.com, you can sign up for that right on the homepage. Also, check out Air Credits, check out The Hood Internet, check out Show You Suck, All those links are in the show notes. Pay attention for that album. And that is all I've got for now. If you like the show, at the end of it, you don't have to do it right now, but at the end of it, share it with your friends. So thank you for listening and enjoy this episode with air credits. I grab your whip and take it back to Shatown. When I'm in Shatown, I treat it. I'm trying to bring I don't want to energy to post-pandemic. I'm like I, I want to be able to just tell people if they invite me some shit that I don't want to do to just be like, no, thanks. I don't want to. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Can you, though? I don't know. I feel like it might yeah, slide yeah, back to. Have you done that? Do you think people are, are, are people responding well to that? Yeah, they I've know this is just your shit. You know what I'm saying? This, I've, this been doing, I've been doing I don't want to like, you know, <laughs> during <laughs> during the pandemic. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm trying to carry over. <laughs> Yeah, I think you, I think there's a huge grace period. Well, I, I, I want it to be the rest. We're gonna of have life. a new understanding. We're gonna have a new. This is gonna be a, a dawn of the new understanding of the. I just don't want to era for real. Yeah, people I know they can the just do that period. shit now. That's the grace period. Is the rest of life if you want. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not trying to like have a grace period that expires. Like I want it to be. This is the yeah the new the new era for sure. It's your new boundary. Use this your time to set. I know. Set your set that boundary. We I love a boundary. I want to do. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. With, with all due respect, that's that's kind of my that's my rule set. It's like I do what the fuck I want to do with all due respect. It's not you know I'm not here to like stomp on shit and like fuck shit up, but like I do what the fuck I want. Like, well, that's I, think the- there, I think there is just going to be more. You know, I don't know. Post pandemic, I I feel like there at least should be, and I think there is going to be more understanding for 
you know, social boundaries because yeah. they've been, you know, set out of whack this whole last year and a half. And it's not like you just snap your fingers and bounce right back to that. Mm-hmm. I know. I hope it's, yeah. I, I, cause the, the, I was thinking about it. I'm like, I want to be able to tell people I don't want to do stuff, but if you tell the same person, you don't want to do it enough. You really just don't want to be friends with that person. You know, that ain't necessarily true. That ain't necessarily true. Right. Like, like you might have a, like, I got a friend that I love hanging out with them in confined spaces, but I don't like going to shit with them. So whenever they ask me to go do some shit, I really don't want to do it. Cause that's not the, that's not the context I enjoy them in, you know? Yeah. With all due respect. They don't mean I don't like them, but you know, I, I like, I like us at the creek, you know what I'm saying? Like hanging out in close quarters and shit. Like, but all due respect now sounds like this blanket kind of passive aggressive. Like, <laughs> hey, you know, all due respect. <laughs> what about, what if we change it to with some due respect? Right. Right. So, yeah, right. 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 Absolutely. With most <laughs> due respect. Right. With minimal respect, depending <laughs> on the person. Uh, well, this is going to be fun, man. I have not done a two person at the same time one of these before so we're we're gonna experiment we're gonna figure it out and uh, me and steve also haven't done this in a very long time so no have we actually, have we done have we done a, a podcast like this at all no i just i was speaking more so just like an interview period with uh-uh. both of us at the same time yeah we haven't <laughs> steve you were like yeah we've never talked about death <laughs> and the afterlife stuff together <laughs> <laughs> What do you hope happens when you die? Who wants to go first? Uh, what I hope what I hope happens when, when I die. I don't know. I got this. <clears throat> I have this. Um, I don't know if you're saying that I'm battling with it, but I'm still like tugging back and forth with the idea of legacy. And like, do I give a fuck? And like, currently, I, I don't I don't care. I'll, I do want to positive like positively affect people. Um but it's not for the token of leaving like a legacy. It's, it's literally just to positively affect people. So I don't know what, I don't know what, um, I guess like in a literal sense, if when I, when I pass, I want people to celebrate. I want people to have, I want people to party. I want people, but I don't know. I also feel like I want people to feel however the fuck they want to feel like, cause all of it's valid. Like, I don't know. Um, is that what we mean by what I want to happen when I die? It's whatever you mean. I mean, it could For mean sure. like personal consciousness. That's yeah, yeah. I tend to go the more selfish route and think about that. But it, it's interesting to hear who's like thinking about what's going to happen to them versus what's going to happen to everybody else. And I tend to think that yeah. the latter are better people. I don't want all my music to come out. Really? You I don't know, want I like don't, a Prince nah. situation? Nah, I don't. I don't want that. Why not? Prince, and Prince probably didn't want that. Yeah. Right. Hell no, he ain't want that. Um, there's, you know, what's funny? There is some artists who I want, like an MF Doom. I want to hear everything because I'm just so curious. Um, so I understand. I understand the want of hearing everything, and like, um, I feel like there's some there's some merit to it. But me personally, I just know all the shit that I'm working on ain't done, and, and a lot of it too is not how I feel anymore. And like, mm. the context is completely lost. Um, and I just needed to get some shit out. You know what I'm saying? So, um, it's like, it's, it's like nothing like condemning and no shit like that. Right. But like, um, yeah, I want, I'm not able to provide context for the shit that I left. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I get that for sure. Like I'll, I'll start talking and or writing and to figure something out as opposed right. to know what you're saying beforehand. 
Steve, what do you think? Um, uh, it's Clinton when just bring uh, Clinton bringing up legacy just now. Um, we had, I think you tweeted this like a couple months ago. You were like, "Hey, like I'm working on some stuff. Somebody like, you know, email me or text me or tweet tweeted me like an opening line or something, and then I'm, I'm going to play off that." And I had these two lines rolling around in my head that I texted him, and it was these: "What do we get when we die?" is it more than a day online? Because I think about like the way that sort of, even my own Twitter is a lot of like, oh, RIP this person, RIP this person. And there's this kind of like very, very momentary, almost 24 news hour cycle celebrations of like, you know, so I I think a lot about uh, in terms of musicians, but like, you know, artists and, and, you know, other figures, there's like a celebration of their work and their, their life and their legacy. And it kind of lasts for a day and then we've moved on uh and it's a it's like a weird it's a weird new thing and i you know who even knows what kind of systems of communication will be prevalent you know when we pass and and how that sort of information will get communicated um but i i think i i would just like you know i would like people that i knew and that i cross paths with to to know about it and maybe share some, some stories and maybe that is online and maybe that is only for a day, but that's sort of like, you know, that kind of, uh, just the legacy um, amongst the people that gave a shit about you and that you, you gave a shit about in return. And then there's some more like, you know, this is like more, a little more on the personal and selfish side, but I would like to just, uh, (laughs) did you ever see that George Harrison documentary? Um, a really long one on H. It was on HBO, I think. Maybe Wait, it did. Like Martin Scorsese do it? Yeah, I think they I did. Talk, yeah, they talk about like how when there was was an attempt on his life, you know, like someone that broke into his home. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, how messed up that was because he was so focused on like the moment of death and, and exiting peacefully. And uh, a friend of mine's father just passed away. And, and the first thing they kind of spoke about was like how he like went very peacefully. And he, you know, in the almost immediate moments, he kind of like looked younger. He looked like something had been, you know, lifted from him. And I think about things like that. And that is the sort of the personal way I would like to go out is like, you know, peacefully. For sure. For sure, for sure. And after, I mean, after that, I, I have a, I have a lot of theories about the afterlife. Um, one includes there's like kind of a, a like a giant mainframe computer. Uh, it doesn't have to be a computer, but some sort of device that, you know, kind of allows you to like replay anything in your life. You could be like, ah, oh, you know, sh- show me all the times that like, I. I held a door open for somebody or like, or, you know, fun facts, like show me how many, uh, how much money I paid in ATM fees over my life. (laughs) (laughs) Like kind of like any, like any information you want, or you can see like highlight or low light reels, like, and you don't even have to access it if you want, but it's there. (laughs) And then that's the end. You're just, you're just there rewatching stuff forever. I mean, you know, I think you get reunited uh, with, with the the people that you loved in your life um 
and so you can show them be like hey check out all these atm fees like yeah. hey no 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 keep watching you gotta watch till the end yeah. this one's really good this one's was 350 yeah i was at the dispensary you, you get me Clint, do you, do you, ask, have do you ask that question to all your do you ask this question to all your guests or this is just for this episode this is number one question right out the gate no matter how much fun we're having we're we're shitting on the party with this question have you? I was just thinking about it. I got a theory. I've, I feel like every. I feel like how everyone answers answers this. This is really what they want. Why they alive? Oh yeah. I mean, you just crack. I mean, you just yeah. That, that's the subtext of the whole show. I you kind of want to know how much I've paid in ATM fees. <laughs> <Just> not, <laughs> I'm sorry. That aside, I think you're. I think you're onto something. No, but for Steve, sure. Let me ask you this, Steve. Let me, can I, I'm sorry, Dave. Uh, no, take over. Same, I love it. <laughs> Steve, in the same way that you compile like other people's work, like uh, compile other people's legacies and put them together, like would you would you want someone to do that with your work? Uh, no, uh, oh man, I don't know. Okay, I don't, I don't. I'm not sure. I like that's a huge tribute you play. You you know you pay the people work the people's like legacies. You know, like by sampling them, you're talking about for sure. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, really, like any use of people's work for real, you know. I think it's kind of to to kind of ping pong off what you said a little bit. There's the ability to be there and provide context is one. Mm. I mean, if it's stuff that I've already put out into the world, then sure. But if like if someone was doing that in sort of a, a tribute sort of sense, I would want it to be someone that knew me pretty well, so they could Absolutely. provide provide the best point of context they have. You know, like. I feel what's, the same way. What's the worst way it could like, what's the worst that could happen without context? Like, are people gonna, how much could someone twist it up? You know what? It ain't even about fully twisting it up for me. It's just, it's just like, oh, this, what, why does it sound like this? You know what I'm saying? It's like for real, like, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, I've heard people's work after they pass, and it's just like, and a lot of times it's just like, it sounds like some shit that wasn't, you know, I don't have no idea for what, I don't know how to feel about it. Cause I don't know what they was doing. You know, I, they didn't put it out. So maybe it wasn't finished. You can't, even, you can't really say if it was finished or not. Like you don't know. You just don't have no fucking idea. Well, definitely posthumous records. It's like you, it, it just has a, it's not even an asterisk. It's like a grayscale. If you're looking at like all the record covers, it's like, and then these were all the ones after they don't really count. Like you're not like really, I, I can't think of an essential. I'm sure there are, but I can't think of like an essential, posthumous record yeah the, the only the only thing i'm thinking of right now is like when you know early 2000s uh when they put out that kind of nirvana like a, a retrospective best of and it had the one new song which was actually an old you know an old song right right no you're right i was like oh this is a pretty good nirvana song i, I bet i would have liked it you know when it came out around when it was recorded and then that was you know you just sort of were like well I, I when I celebrate the this person, I will probably listen to the older shit that I know. Right, right. Is the is there one older shit that you have that you're like this is the one? If people have to um, play something, oh shit, it's gonna be this one. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know. There's, I I think for me personally, like I would. I would want people to 
it's it's a wide discography over the years <laughs> yeah same and same here like uh, but i mean i don't know for me like always the generally some of the most recent stuff i've done is is what i feel to be you know the stuff that is the best as i think a lot of musicians would probably frame it um i mean i would definitely want people to play some air credits at the funeral mm-hmm yeah, I feel like it, uh, I got to get my funeral playlist ready. I just got to have this. Ready, I mean, though. yeah, I low key, I low key been working on mine. Have uh, you? What's on yeah. it? I had a I had a um a, f- a conversation with a friend's mom, uh, Steve with Lily's mom. Oh yeah, and uh, she had mentioned the the concept of having a funeral playlist, and I was like, oh my god, that's amazing. Because what what I do not want at my at my at any type of celebration of my life. Is any songs that I don't like played? Yeah, yeah. Even For just sure. you know, what I'm saying some song might be just like, oh, this is the song that we play when people die. I usually hate them goddamn songs. I don't yeah. hate none of that shit. There's certain party songs that I fucking hate. Like people know that I love DMX, but I hate the song "Party Up." I would hate "Party Up" to be played at any celebration of my life. You know, so <laughs> I want to leave a very detailed like. And even my my funeral playlist, it isn't my favorite songs. It's songs that, like, for one reason or not, are just fucking awesome. You know what I'm saying? And they kind of like, they just songs that I just really like a lot. But they're not necessarily like my favorite song. Because some of my favorite songs just might not fit that that situation, or you know. So it's like no Leonard Cohen, Hallelujah, but yes, Bruno Mars, 24K Magic. 24K Magic is absolutely on it. <laughs> dude if i'm alive I, i'll dj you just gotta yeah, oh, <laughs> just give me on. the notes in advance <laughs> really yo I, I almost i almost legitimately would not let anyone else curate what is played <laughs> at a celebration for me other than steve that's good that's a real creative partnership right there to be like he, he got good taste he ain't gonna be out of pocket <laughs> well it's like literally ride or die it's like this when I die, this is the guy who's going to be curating the playlist. <laughs> yeah, gotta trust, shit. you gotta trust someone with it. <laughs> yeah, benefactor, right? Benefactor, <laughs> this is what they call it. Here is where it's going to get hard. There is the next question is more of a prompt because. My last this this whole podcast kind of comes from my last one man show, which is set in the afterlife. And there's a part where I'm kind of giving people an orientation, like here's what the afterlife's about. And I throw out this this idea that in the afterlife you get to relive one memory. And so it's not like all your other memories are wiped. It's not like you're stuck in this memory and that's the rest of your afterlife. It's just that there's one that you get that you can fully drop down into whenever you want, however many times you want, but you got to choose one. And so this is where it's tough. We could do each of you individually. What are your memories? I'm prepared to do that. Or is there a single collective air credits memory that you would both want to revisit? I guess. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll start this out. And, um, just uh, certainly not answering for both of us, but there is there is an air credits memory, and it's not like the biggest show we played by any stretch. Um, but it was in 2018, uh, after being a group for about two years, we played this show in Houston, and 
it was we were just like in the middle of tour like we were real tight the sound system at this club the white oak music hall in houston was so banging and it was one of those nights where we were so on that that like the staff liked it okay and it just like it felt like we had really in that moment achieved something to me and that and it was such a a great night and i don't know the, the that particular feeling is one that i would as as an air credits duo enjoy reliving mm-hmm. we had that in michigan uh, not uh not in michigan but uh that wisconsin show too which one the uh nightmare on wax one that's good yeah oh yeah that's that was crazy that was great he was one. locked in on that one. We, we be getting them we be getting them it, yeah not that they be, they be bad shows right <laughs> but boy when we, boy that should be locked in the Man. milwaukee yeah the milwaukee show was a nice the paps theater that was a nice both of those like were nice settings too just kind of like you know it, it, everything mm-hmm. looks right and feels right and sounds yep. right because we tone, played, you know, the tone we, was set we've played some bigger shows than that but it's not it's rarely about the size of the audience you know especially when you're doing the same thing over and over it's you know it becomes about sort of your own like we were just we were locked in in a way that like hadn't happened up until then mm-hmm. do you know what like what because sometimes it's just like unquantifiable you can't say mm-hmm. why it happened or what it exactly means to be locked in but are there things that you can identify that you're like uh you know uh even just like Clinton was like really hitting weird pockets of the beat or like there was a whole front row of people that was super into it that let us know we would have or like mm-hmm. the sound was super crisp or something you know what i mean like are there uh, i noticed everything so what are the things that I contribute everything. to that that locked in thing um i mean the sound one the sound one the sound is uh if i feel it um, not even clarity, right? But like, if it's, if it's just the right, I always call it tone. If it's like the sound is the right tone on stage and it's dope. Uh, the timing, the timing is everything. When the timing is locked in, like, in, you know, in between songs. Um, I learned that, I had learned that once, I, especially me, when I cut my banter out of it completely, the timing was easier to like keep like controllable. And um, feeling those, feeling those spaces with like, you know, each night on tour, we'd be like tweaking things just a little bit. And those, the pacing of it. And, you know, pacing, Dave, as, as a comedian, that's like, you know how it's everything huge pacing and timing is like, and it just like those in-between song moments, we had sort of like filled with noise swells and just done it in like, like the way we were, had been trying to do, but didn't know until like the set was over and we were like, holy shit. Whoa, <laughs> that one was on. And what's wild, it don't be that crazy off, right? Like, it, we don't have, yeah. like, these complete train wreck shows. <laughs> right, but right. Were there moments of eye contact where you're, like, looking at each other and you, like, know it's happening right now? On stage, they're they're very brief. But... Yeah, very brief. Okay, you know, we never even really talked about this. Like, I know there's every once in a while, I always want to make sure, like, if you hit something. I'm gonna turn around and get him to look like you did that shit. Like, you know, I'll right, break, right. you know, I'll break, you know, to let you know you did some shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you can turn around and face me. <laughs> yeah. General, yeah. So the crowd doesn't have to see that. Next question is kind of requires some, some explanation. So the question is, what's your coma? 
and I expect this will, this may I don't want to I don't want to assume, but I expect it may be different for both of you. And the reason I ask it this way is because, um, you know, what is it, twenty twenty one? So like six and a half years ago, I was in this coma for a month, and I almost got taken off life support. Everyone thought I died. Talk about the day online, like there, I a bunch of people posted eulogies, so I got to like see all of those. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like part of my like origin story, right? And so this is, but so so in my life, I didn't see it at the time, but in hindsight, there's definitely a before coma and after coma version of me, you know. And I'm wondering if there's something like that for you. It doesn't have to be crazy epic. It can be. It can be like a split second. But if what what those those comas would be for you and the ways you were different before and after. I feel like my whole school career was a coma. Like primary school. Yeah, all of it. How so? Um, I just didn't like, I don't know. I wasn't living how I wanted to live. Say more. Is that what we mean here? Is that what we're talking about here? Maybe. I mean, that's a, that's a long. You mean like a literal coma? I don't think I was ever in a literal coma. A little, that would be a really it's cool niche. that you're maybe a little unsure yeah 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 <laughs> wait but so but no i like it i mean tell me so you're saying for what 12 16 years depending on if we're talking about college yeah it just sucked <laughs> what what was the way in which you were not living how you wanted to live oh uh, you know like putting shit you know that required to learn shit that don't mean that ain't that don't fucking matter and like having a feeling and having a feeling that it didn't matter the whole fucking time. You know what I'm saying? And then like becoming an adult and realizing, oh, that shit really didn't matter. And I knew it didn't matter the whole the whole time. <laughs> and like being clipped like glimpses of like my, you know, as well as you, you're learning yourself during that time. But I also felt like I was not being myself, but I didn't know what that meant yet. So that was like the most. It's like a very dead feeling for a long time. Who did you feel that? Is it like you can tell that in contrast to being a kid before school? No, all I can remember is school. Right, I can't remember what it was like before school. That's interesting. So it's just kind of an after. Do you remember the feeling of like waking up from that from all the school experience? Yeah, yeah. When I when I was yo when I when I wrote my last paper, the last paper I ever had to write. High school or college? College. Um, the last the last paper I wrote for college, I decided that was gonna be my last one. I was like, I'm not doing shit else. And like the feeling, like the amazing feeling of not that, the obligation of just of the bullshit, you know. So who did it free you up to be? Uh it, it freed me up to like really it freed up my brain space to figure out the the shit that I really wanted to get into and really wanted to do. For Were you not doing music time. before that? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, um, yeah, I had toyed with music during school, but like, you got to realize that when I was, when I was rapping, that shit was not cool. Like there was no examples of like, <laughs> it was like, that might as well have been to like, 
to people in my family, I might as well have been, I might as well have had a dead end. Like I was at risk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I was at risk youth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, so trying to do that while actively being discouraged, was like very difficult. Um, very difficult. So it wasn't as freeing as like when people talk about having like making music as like a, like a expressive and free experience. I'm just now experiencing that because for so long, you damn near, I damn near had to live as a closet rapper mm. for a lot of my, for a lot of my younger life until I was like getting accolades and like actual physical newspapers was like, you know, more so my family was like, really was like, Oh, okay. This is a thing, you know? But that that weighed on me for for a really long time because I couldn't really flex in it. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't really be as good. You know, I'm just now getting my really for real, for real, just now really getting my wings out, like for real, for real. And uh, I would have been able to do that a lot sooner, I feel, if uh, I didn't had a, you know, if I had a way to fucking school and like. Did it change the way you did it? Like, did you rap more? Was it more fear or was it more you were? aping other people's styles yeah for sure for sure was who sure was it taking us the first rapper i ever mimicked was method man that's a, i mean that's a good choice well you know a lot of my solo career honestly like every time it, a lot of my solo shit whenever i write a song i'm like mimicking you know what i'm saying like uh it's like my version of this favorite song or it's my mm-hmm. version of this of this person even though it may not convey that to the listener it, for me and that's a real, real difference from air credits. This is the first time where I'm not writing from that space of, of kind of like, re, you know, copying a thing or like my interpretation of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, what about you? Can you think of this sort of coma? Moment? I can think of, I can think of about three uh, significant like coma moments, comments, comments, comments. Uh, <laughs> I'm always trying to combine shit. That's what happens. It goes south. Um, the first is I was I was working at a gas station in high school, and I was like co- uh, complaining to my coworker, who was a friend of mine, just about like you know like how I was I was stuck in traffic, and I was like so mad that I was stuck in traffic, and. Uh, you know, like small, like small talk for sure. But it was also like, it was like, I was like, I had probably just gotten to work and I was still reeling and I was still like mad that I had been stuck in traffic. And she was just sort of like, why would you spend that energy on something that's completely out of your control? And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) and then it, it would just sort of, it changed my whole, I was 16 or 17 and it just changed my whole viewpoint on stress. And then uh, in college, I was about to uh, a friend of uh, a friend of mine and I were were like playing an open mic, you know, pretty low stakes. And uh, I was it was but there was like a bunch of people in the room. And I, you know, I had been in bands uh, prior to that, but I was always, um, you know, like carrying a little bit of stage fright and just, you know, like fear, pretty, pretty standard stuff. And, you know, not that I don't still have some of that in me today, but um I was just explaining how nervous I was and she's like, well, yeah, I get that. But like, also, you know, like who cares? And I was like, whoa, (laughs) you know, like just this like simple, 
Wait, she didn't was, even need to like explain who it was. Just saying who cares that was enough to short circuit that. I she she may she may have like said a, a put a, a little more eloquently, um, but it was it was basically that, and I was like, yeah, who cares? You know, like it just it it changed my sort of personal, you know, like willingness to to take on some fear, and then the third was just learning what the fuck imposter syndrome was and that I had been feeling it for so long. I was explaining the sort of, you know, well, what, you know, I don't do this. Professionals do this to my sister. And she's like, yeah, that's called imposter syndrome. Lots of people have it. And I was like, Oh shit. (laughs) You know, like just like, uh, and Clinton, this is real reflective of what you just said, but all of those things I think are, are moments where, that caused me to reflect in the way like, Oh my God, had I known this earlier and whatever, so many of us are, (laughs) have many of those had I known this earlier, but those were like three really particular ones that like, just, I think the impact they had on me was from such a simple thing. And, you know, I, I think I don't, I don't try to, to ruminate too much on how things would have been different because what can you do? Then also, if things were different, you might not be in the place that you are right now. But <laughs> they were very, very pivotal moments in my brain. All, all from women, too. Yep. And we they... All, we all know who's smarter. <laughs> yeah. well, shout, and, shout out to them. <laughs> shout out to women. <laughs> but then, okay, in these moments, can you feel it like spreading across your brain, you know, like that one meme of the brain that's like lighting up and then oh, the galaxy like, brain. Yeah. 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 Like, do you feel it changing or is it only looking back in retrospect that you kind of see these things? That it way? was absolutely feeling it in the moment. Like a wow. sort of like, yeah, I sure. bet I, I bet I responded really slowly <laughs> and like vocally in those moments. Do you think did those things, did those moments, my feeling about epiphanies is that they're kind of bullshit. Like you have to like re up an epiphany, basically. Like you have the epiphany, but then it doesn't. Ca- the feeling of an epiphany doesn't carry for the rest of your life. Like you have to like remind yourself and continually like practice the lesson oh, of sure. the epiphany. Oh, for you know? sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Hell yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I and I didn't just like you know change my behavior accordingly. Like in a split second, it was like. <clears throat> like you said, re-upping, like referencing that epiphany and remembering it in times when I needed it, which is how it's probably why those ones are so effective is because I've had to like invoke them numerous times. Right. And you've got these like reference points now where if you're spinning out in one of those ways, you can be like, who cares? Yep. Yeah. They they really, epiphanies change my expectations more so. And that helps me. Um, when I have an epiphany about things, I may it may be an epiphany about something I can't change necessarily about my behavior right away, but like now I change the expectations of things, and that for me, for me, that really helps me regulate like my feelings and shit. If I if I adjust my, my expectations, because that's that's really only for me. That's what just would fuck me up. Some don't meet the expectations, but I always have to think about what, who promised me that expectation. Usually, no one. Uh, so. <laughs> So that was the hugest epiphany. But usually epiphanies for me help me mold my expectations of whatever I have that epiphany about. I 
I think this can definitely be a collaborative answer. I would like air credits to paint their hell. Like a hell specifically designed for you guys. Like what would that be? Which what performance scenario do we hate the most? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like an endless going on a podcast. Gigs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we talked about I don't want to energy. You could have brought that right from the beginning <laughs> to my email. That's on you. <laughs> um, I it would definitely involve, um. A difficult sound engineer. Yeah. We already discussed. No bass. Oh my God. That's my hell, yo. No bass. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No bass. Yeah. Hell would definitely be no subs, all treble. Oh my Just God. Piercing, piercing treble. <laughs> um, also, someone, uh, a show host introducing us. That, that would be my personal hell. Getting the na- getting the name slightly wrong and then like <laughs> filling in some information of their own volition, maybe. Yes. <laughs> Wait, give me an example. How do you get the name Air Credits wrong? Is it like Air Credit or something? Air uh, uh, Critics is what uh, I feel like is a popular uh, one. Air <laughs> Critics. <laughs> it stinks. Air Critics. And then what's the information they fill in? That uh, that actually for me that came from. Um, I was on tour with my friend uh, Zaid, who goes by the name Oscillator Bug, and it was this situation where, like, uh, we were in we were a late show, and no one like told anybody at the venue that that there was going to be a late show. Oh, cool! Those are good. Yeah, yeah. That's a great <laughs> and situation. so the sound engineer, who actually was like pretty, um, he he definitely did not have to be at that late shift, and was super cool about that, considering. But then he also brought it upon himself to introduce every band and like describe what he thought their music was. <laughs> and, and, and it brings me to my rule next time, but this is my rule of thumb for shows. Yo, don't let people introduce you unless you like super, super know them and fuck them. Don't let people introduce you. Cause it doesn't matter. It doesn't you, you set, you set your tone. Just start basically. Yeah. Always you, cause you can control the tone. When someone introduced you, they control the tone of when you have, how you are viewed. Yeah. You walk out there. And it's so hard to, to come back from when someone fuck up the tone in the room. It's so, and I, you, you as a comedian, you fucking know that, right? Like, well, but that's what's fuck- so interesting is like, I feel like, I mean, obviously, they're bad. A bad host is a bad host, but as a yeah. comedian, I think I would. Well, it depends on the show. Yeah, I guess for my own shows, I've, I've got it. Just I've got it. Thumb. Don't let nobody introduce you. Just come out from the shit. beginning. Like, I know how I want the intro to go, but sometimes. It's very like I think comedy more than music. It's fucking weird if that shit just starts. Yeah, you're like, wait, this guy's yeah. just oh, talking. Okay. You know what I mean? You're like, this but is you control. <laughs> but my point is, you control was you control the tone. That's the whole issue. You control the tone. But at least when music's starting, it's like people are like, okay, this is not a normal thing that happens. When it's comedy, it's like this person could just be talking louder than everyone else, and it's a weird vibe right now. You know what I mean? It's not clear that a show is starting in the way okay, that okay. music is clear that a show saying. is starting. You know I what I mean? Understand what you're saying. <laughs> um, but I so I get so no, just per, so is it always? Would you rather not have someone go before you on the bill, or it doesn't matter? I don't mind. I don't. I personally don't care. Okay. Uh, 
but it's it's it, my my issues when when a host comes on and that's when the 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 shit is broken up. The energy, the energy, the flow of the show is always broken up by the host. Like yeah, yeah, good or bad, it's always broken up. Well, because music is the most, I mean, this is maybe just like a bit of a self-effacing comedian style, but like music is the most impressive, maybe dance, but music is the most impressive art form. Like, I think, I think comedy is. But yeah, go off. I actually no, think comedy is. Because no, we got the music. I know, but shit all day. And if we got good music, then that's just say, like, excuse me as I plug my laptop in. <laughs> no, no. But no one, I, I, I got to think that the the ratio of people talking to you guys and saying like, yeah, I've been thinking about uh, doing what you guys do is way lower than the people who say like, I think I would be a really good comedian, oh. you know, <laughs> like people think like even whether it's harder or not, people think they can do it. And with with music, it's just there's something like immediately transportive, something beautiful, something other outside of the normal realm of experience that's happening. And I feel like that's what makes that's what makes music. I forget where I was going with that, but uh, that's what makes music. Apparently, that's I, I think I hear all that. I think that's every. I think that's any and every performance when it's done well. It all does that. Um, I've always, I've always thought I feel that, what you're like, saying. the one of the key differences is that like with music, uh, people always want to hear the old stuff, and they very rarely want to hear the new stuff which is what the musicians are often the most excited about and then with comedy it's the opposite you're just doing your old stuff (laughs) you (laughs) that's all you got (laughs) and sometimes you know like people do want to hear like a classic joke or a classic bit but like right eh, they kind of want to hear the new stuff (laughs) but if you think about it like the number of comedians who have classic bits it's like pretty low you know what i mean like no one's asking me like no hey tell me that joke that first joke you wrote where you yeah. thought it was funny to talk about cloacas as bird pussies or something. You know what I mean? Like no <laughs> one's like asking me for that shit, you know? And it's, it's sort of a weird, I mean, it's, it's a little weird because it's like, you know what the punchline's going to be right in Austin. They, in Austin, Texas, and maybe some other places too. It, I don't even know if this still exists, but at some point there were like comedy radio stations and, you know, they would just play bits yeah. and then like, it was so weird to me that they had people calling in and requesting bits. <laughs> you know, like so funny. Like callers would be like, "Oh, play me that." You know, like the like Pat Oswalt famous bull thing, and it's like you you definitely know how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think I think the the end answer to what the air credits hell would also be that in like the green room of hell, it would just be a bunch of sort of like. Uh, mismatched items there'd be like like chips and hummus or like pita yeah. and salsa yeah oh you nailed it you nailed it because you can eat <laughs> chips happened. and hummus but pita and salsa is fucking it's dark. It's a dark place <laughs> that's nasty okay so it's so it's mismatched items and then just the 90 second moment of someone going hey everyone um I didn't. I don't know if you were if you're ready for this, but we actually have a a, sh- a, a, a concert about to happen. Um, what you're about to hear is is, oh, yeah. is, is, is air credits. Um, I actually don't know these guys. I just met these. They seem like nice guys. I love when people. I love when people talk about like 
uh, someone's personal qualities. Like comedians do this too. <laughs> no. Like he's one of my best friends. And it's like, dude, I don't know you. I don't know what your qualifications for a friend are. Yes. So, okay. So they're like, they seem like nice guys. Um, their music is kind of, um, kind of synthy, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, but it's, it's got a dystopian thing. It's like, uh, you know, maybe, you know, like, uh, Deltron thirty thirty. This is like Deltron like twenty thirty. You know, like uh, You're and it. anyway. So uh, I guess give it up for Eric. and and by the end, it's just it feels like a roast somehow. You, they're trying to like like hype you up, but you're like this guy's shitting on our on our band. Hell, absolute <laughs> hell. That is This Is Your Afterlife. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my guests. You can find them at the links in the show notes. Go to This Is Dave Marr to find all my stuff. Patreon.com slash Dave Marr to support the show. And I will talk to you next week. Miracles Thing that seems Impossible You can do Miracles Miracles, you can do them. Have faith, you are human, only human, and human beings they do miracles.